Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. LaFondra looking to get close side of LaFondra away from David! 3-1 running! 3 points running! Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Royals preview podcast in association with the Reading Chronicle. I'm here with Matt Joy. How are you, Matt? Oh, on top of the world, Matt. On top of the world. How are you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm still. We're recording this on Thursday lunchtime, day after the match, and obviously, it just it wasn't a good outing, was it? No, and we could have probably said that exact same sentence for the Cardiff City game last Friday. No, you're not. You're not wrong at all. Um, as I as I said before the game in my own sort of pre-match video against Cardiff, there was just I don't want to use the basic cliches of you know work rate, determination, creativity, and all that sort of stuff. But that was plain and simple what was missing. The application wasn't there. Too many players didn't look like they were there for the fight, especially for, you know straight from the off. Luton were physically you know harrying Reading and. That, that wasn't matched and that is has been such a frustrating aspect of running over recent weeks and yeah it carried on last night yeah I mean I think with the Cardiff match I mean the first half wasn't wasn't very good but mm. at least Pauno managed to kind of kick them into gear for the second half and okay we still didn't do that well post half time but you could see the intent I mean the game last night I don't I think we the, our first shot on target was John Swift's free kick in second half stoppage time and that's that 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 just isn't good enough when you're having to try to win the game. No, exactly and you know on top of that how many corners did Reading <laughs> I, I don't know the exact number but how many of those were awarded how many times did you know Reading get near the box I mean I must admit that every time Reading came forward and either won won the corner or they had you know a, a a slight man advantage. I never once thought that this could be the moment. I don't want to sound overly pessimistic, but there was nothing to excite or nothing you thought, you know, that, oh, the goal's coming here. I never thought the goal was coming once. I think you could have played 90 minutes again and, you know, the situation would have been as was. It was just a, a timid and I wouldn't necessarily say kind of lethargic because I think there was a bit of energy in, in the midfield, but just the the willingness to go that extra 10% was just completely absent. Yeah, I mean, on BBC Radio Berkshire, they did um, highlight Michael Elise and the way he lost the ball a couple of times and then didn't win it back. And to be fair, they were doing the same thing on, um, when did we play Cardiff? All the days are mixed up. Friday night. Friday, Friday, Um, And like, I'm not sure if it's to do with a lack of effort or a lack of 
willingness, as you say, like that kind of thing, or whether it is just we're at the end of a season where our squad is ridiculously thin and it that is starting to tell. It's, I mean, it's difficult to separate the two, I think. Yeah, I think there's probably an element of both, in truth. I think that, you know, the players have had a lot of games, but then again, a lot of clubs across the division have had a lot of games in a short space of time. And, you know, teams with similarly, you know, thin-ish squads with less quality have put in much better application. You, I think BBC Berkshire got that completely right. I think there's an aspect of, um, as I asked Paunovic, whether the players perhaps believe their own hype too early, that they're, they're looking ahead to the future as opposed to, you know, the present. And by all means, I, I could well be wrong. That's, I'm simply calling it, you know, as a, as a fan, that's how it kind of comes across to me. Um, I think that perhaps getting absorbed in, in that hype around them has, has perhaps been, you know, less beneficial. And I, I was speaking to a, a, another journalist who's, who's got the game um, last night and he, he was with, you know, talking about Reading's season in general. And, you know, we, we've got onto the discussion of would Reading have been playing better or even be in a better position if they hadn't have won seven games or in the eight at the start of the season and that hype train around a fair few of the players hadn't been there, whether it's been a case of struggling to deal with that pressure or letting the uh, praise get to their heads. It's an interesting, I mean, we'll never know, you know, it's, it's you're playing devil's advocate and it's all hypothetical, but I think it's a, it's a, it would be, a, you pose it, it would, you it poses an interesting question, certainly. Yeah. I, I mean, I just want to provide a little bit of balance to that kind of argument because I've heard it a lot recently. Mm. So one is that Reading have used fewer players than any other team in the championship. I mean, I think Rotherham, who have played two games fewer, they, they're the team above us. They've used one extra player than us, but obviously maybe that will change in their two additional games. And then the second one is that um, I, I do think that the results recently haven't been great, but there have been some like half-decent performances. Like We talk about the Jaumis at Barnsley, but if that goes in, it's a completely different kind of feel around the place. And then again, like Watford, we played like pretty well there, but lacked the end, um, like the end product, which brings us pretty nicely onto Paunovic's comments. Mm. I mean, he... He sounded pretty dejected after the game, but he was saying that recently it's been a failure in execution. But uh, last night at, at Luton, it was just, I mean, I, I can't remember his exact wording, but he just wasn't happy with any part of the game. Yeah, it was, it was. And may I just say, circling back to what you just said, that's some very fair points. And I do take those on board and perhaps the, the emotion of it's getting to me a little bit, but you know, you, that you are very right. And, you know, Reading have been plagued with injuries. That's played a big part. Um, but I, the only conduit to that I would say is that a lot of the players who have played a lot of the games are supremely talented. And if they turn it on, you would have felt that they could have broken through in certain games. But moving on to, as you said, Paunovic's, um, Paunovic's comments. Yeah, he, he, was, you know, he said that they were just timid. They, were, they didn't show that ruthlessness in front of goal. You know, you sort of got around the 18-yard the box, maybe just slowed the ball down a little bit and rather than taking the, the initial shot or, you know, playing the pass, it was a case of let's try and take on another man or let's maybe look for a a, a backwards pass. And you know, yeah, I think that was, that was the most frustrating thing about last night is there was a few opportunities where with the right pass or with a, a quicker decision, the, 
I don't think it would have been the case that John Swift had the first shot on target later on in the game. You know, I think there was certainly opportunities to to exploit Luton, um, and I think a, a lack in perhaps it's a, a t- you know touch of confidence. Perhaps it's it is as I said, probably an amalgamation of factors. But yeah, there there was a, a just such a, a lack of. I'm trying to think of the right word, but there was just no. We get into the final third, and I just thought that Reading lacked the spark. Lacks some of the goals that we've seen Reading score. You know they've been scintillating in the final third when on song, and it was just a complete polar opposite when we got anywhere near the Luton box last night. Yeah, I don't want to pile in on George Puskas because I think a lot of people have had a lot to say about him. I think that he has struggled and especially struggled last night, and and maybe with a, a firing Zhao, that game would have been different. I, I think in some ways that's the difference between the early part of this year and now is that. In the early days, we had a Lucas Zhao who was just in scintillating form. And, mm. and once he's dropped away, it's almost the same problem that Bowen had last year. Once Lucas Zhao isn't there or isn't performing, that you can tell that the team around him suffer. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But, you know, and OK, George Pushas didn't have the greatest game last night. But then again, if players behind him had had a better game, provided better surface, uh, service, sorry, you know, to, and broke at more pace and, you know, with more direction and, and, you know, going straight at Luton, being quicker in the tempo, that he may have had a lot more space to work in. You know, by the time that Reading got into the final third, Luton often had, you know, five or six men back and, you know, marshalling players like Pushkas and then, you know, Ajaria and Mate. And because of the lack of speed, he he didn't have much. He was, you know, feeding on scraps. So, yeah, he didn't have the greatest of games, but... By no means was he the only one. And yeah, the Lucas Zhao point, you you are completely right. Um, there was maybe a, a, a well, not an over-reliance because he was performing at the start of the season, but the frustration is that there hasn't necessarily been someone who's stepped in and, you know, almost single-handedly dragged Reading, not necessarily into wins, but, you know, into better performances. There's not been a, I don't even think that's a, you know, leadership. There's not been really someone who's, when you know things aren't quite going well on the pitch, with the exception of Michael Elise in a few games and even Ovia Jari, but not consistently enough um, for me for for Reading to warrant being where certainly Velko Banovic wants them to be in the league table. Yeah, I mean this is a preview podcast, so even though it feels a little bit pointless, I guess we'll move on to the Swansea game. Um, obviously, Zhao and Moore look like doubts for the rest of the season um, Panovic has been talking about that but do we expect any kind of any because after the game he was still saying that we're going to go for it and we're going to try until we're mathematically out of it but mm. I mean I don't think anyone believes that we'll be in the playoffs now so is this a time for him to give some of the younger guys a run out? I would say whilst it's mathematically possible albeit incredibly unlikely I think you do have to play your strongest eleven. Um, you were right, you know, Lucas Zhao and Liam Moore, Panovic basically couldn't give much of an update. Moore's injury happened too soon for him to know anything. Lucas Zhao, it, it, you know, it might come too soon. He, he may be available. Panovic was very much sort of 50-50 on it. But, you know, I would, I would stick with the team as, as sort of as it was against Luton. Um, but I, I would just like to see maybe more academy players on the bench. You know, players who are, you know, perhaps the, f- the future 
um, the club looking at a couple of seasons ahead. Now's the time that they can, you know, show what they can do. And, you know, if Reading don't have a, a huge amount of um, finances to be able to wiggle with over the summer, you know, you're going to be looking at, okay, which, who's the next Michael Elisa, you know, who's, who's the next Tom McIntyre, who, you know, <laughs> you can, you can fill in, who's the next Omar Richards. I think we're not going to know that straight away, obviously, but you get it, you can get a better understanding if they do get some involvement, whether it's from the start, I, I would say that perhaps should should Reading pick up a draw and then they're completely out of it after the Swansea game. Yeah, I would say, you know what, let's let's see what the younger lads can do. But whilst it's still technically there, because you know if Reading did name a, a completely inexperienced squad against Swansea, picked up a defeat, and then all of a sudden Barnsley lose their next two games. I think Velkai Panovic would get an absolute peppering. So, um, yeah, I would stick with it for now. But when it is impossible, I, I would agree. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things from December time was when we had those injuries and had all those academy players on the bench, it was it was almost like they were there just to get experience of the match day. Like, mm. they, I don't really remember any of them making an appearance other than I think Tetek had about 10 minutes in, in a game. So, yeah, as you said, it'd just be nice for some of those guys to at least get a run out and, and show what they can do. Oh, and Jaden Onan played in the Norwich game for a bit as well. Didn't yeah, it? it would be nice for the players to come out of match days with something more than an Instagram post. And that's not, a, you know, that's not a dig at those players. If they're not given the opportunity, they can put out, you know, great to be involved in the match day squad. But they'll want to, you know, they'll want to get the opportunity to show what they can do. That's what they, you know, work on every day in the training ground. That's why they're playing the under 23s. Um, they, they will want to be part of, you know, Reading's future. And there's only way, one way that we can, uh, you know, see what they can do. And that is to give them the minutes. So yeah, in December, it did. It, it was kind of a, you know, if need, needs must, we need to you know, fill out the bench. But um, yeah, I, I certainly think that we'll see should, should the last three games go as perhaps we're dreading and semi expecting I think if we don't see them, that would be a miscalculation. Yeah, so I mean, what are we expecting from Sunday's match? Obviously, we've got that extra day's rest. Oh, like, like All that anyone is hoping here is that they come out fighting, right? But I'm not sure that we've really seen Reading do that at all this season. Like They've, they've made those moments where they, they score, but the, the opening 15 minutes has been a struggle all year. So what, what do you think is going to happen? I would say one of the of the limited examples, but one of the examples of Reading showing that they can roll their sleeves up was actually against Swansea City earlier this season. Picked up the goalless draw at a time when, you know, depleted in numbers and Swansea were flying high as, you know, and full of confidence. And it was a, if memory serves me correctly, Raphael had an absolute stormer in goal, which certainly helped. But yeah, that that's all I want to see. If Reading go out there and, you know, luck is, Lady Luck's not on their side, but there is that, Okay, well, at the start of the season, you, you would see players like Michael Elise pick up the ball, take on a couple of players and drive into the opposition half. Things start to open up, space starts to open up, and you, you got off your seat, you're excited, you thought, okay, even if this doesn't go in, that's that's put a, a little cog in the mind of, or you know, a little bit of worry in the minds of the opposition defence. That's what I want to see. If we don't get the result, we don't get the result. But as long as Reading show that, that's what they you know, want to show and show that fearlessness. Cause I think Reading just looks strangled by the, the, the pressure a little bit in recent times. So 
you know, perhaps if, if we're mathematically out of the playoffs, as bad as that would be, that might give a free license to do that. Obviously, it'd be too little too late. But yeah, that's that's all I want to see. Um, obviously, I'd love a win as well. But I think at this point of the season, as you said, this, barring a bit of a miracle, it's uh, it could be relatively meaningless either way. Yeah, so you talk about the result. Uh, final question, as always, what's it going to be? I oh, see. I don't want to sound negative. I think it'll be another draw. I think that Swansea will be thinking, you know, we're relatively comfortable where we are. Reading will be thinking, we haven't got a huge amount to play for it. I think it could be a bit of a dead rubber. So I think it might be another nil-nil. Uh, which I, I think is the first time I've ever predicted a nil-nil. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, nil-nil is definitely a scoreline I can see with Swansea being involved. I would like to think that We'll throw the kitchen sink at it, um, although may- maybe not with the substitutions in the same way that Velko's done recently. But let- let's snatch a 1-0 win, even if it means nothing at the end of the day. That That's what I would like to happen. Um, so, Matt, thank you for joining us. And-, and thank you for sticking around to the end this week, because obviously last week... <laughs> that was... Uh, yeah, my, my laptop, I think, overheated last week. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, all, it's all fun over here. Well, it's good. It's good to have you for the full fifteen minutes. Um, next, I, I bet you don't watch me, do you? <laughs> yeah, I know it's, <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, next up, we talk to Amy Clement about the Swansea side of things. I'm here with Amy Clement, uh, Amy Clement ninety four on Twitter. Uh, how are you doing, Amy? Hey, Matt. Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How are you doing? Uh, I've been better in a football sense, but you know <laughs> oh. the season's almost done. <laughs> How how has Swansea season been going? Like I know that it, it kind of has been a little bit in and out, but you seem pretty solidified in those playoff places now. Yeah, I think so. I think it's fair to say one of them is ours. Which one I'm not sure. Um, it's look well. We've, I think uh, we've slipped into fourth at the moment. It might be fifth. We'll have to just wait and see how the next few games pan out. But yeah, like you say, it's been um, it's been in and out. It's been it's been a strange season. We've had. T- times where we've played fantastic football and other times where it's been some of the worst football I've ever seen Swansea play so it's kind of uh it's been a strange one but finishing well where we are now is 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 great like we can't forget that but yeah it's been a strange one yeah I mean I think the thing that everyone associates with Swansea this season is defensive prowess mm-hmm. um does that come at an expense of, of your attacking output sometimes I know you lost four games in a row recently without scoring a goal. I know. <laughs> um, definitely. We obviously started very strong defensively, like the best defence. I think at one point we had the best defence in the top four English football leagues, which is just amazing. Like, in credit to all of our defenders and our goalkeeper, to be fair. Um, but like you say, yeah, attacking-wise, we've really lacked. And to be honest, we've had a bit of... Um, misfortune with some injuries like we had one of our probably only out and out striker went out with an injury and he's only just coming back now we um, obviously acquired Jamal Lowe at the beginning of the season and he is not really a striker but we've kind of played him as a striker he's he's a winger Um, we've had someone come in from America and like a couple of games in um, ACL when you know like we've just had some kind of bad luck with stuff like that but like you say it's defensive our defensive record is what has put us where we are definitely definitely yeah I mean you talk about Jamal like, I mean he scored 13 <laughs> goals that's not not a bad return for <laughs> someone coming yeah. taking the step up and 
yeah uh, and, and and obviously your talisman well i'm not from the outside he's your talisman andre are you he's he's too good for this level isn't he He's great. Yeah, unfortunately, he's injured at the moment. So he actually um, had a little hamstring issue. So we, we were without him at the weekend and we'll be without him. Well, actually, we haven't heard anything yet. So I hope maybe he'll be back. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Andre's one of those players like he can just do something amazing at any point. Like it's not, it doesn't always happen, but it's the possibility is there. So and he's obviously quite a central figure for the other players. You can see that on the pitch, like, you know, so don't know what's going to happen if he goes next year or who knows what's going to happen but yeah he's, he's fantastic isn't he yeah I mean you've been playing this 3-5-2 kind of all season to try and fit everyone in I guess uh, yeah. but you had a little bit of a spell a couple of games ago playing 4-3-3 was that just because of the injuries or was that some um, other reason just to try and kick start out of that bad run yeah I, th- I think exactly that yeah Four, four losses and you sort of go, okay, I <laughs> think something's not working here. And I think one of the um, managers that we played against actually said in his post, in his interview, that that we were just being predictable. Like everyone, everyone had sort of figured out how to play against it. So we were coming up against teams and we couldn't do the things that we were doing previously in the season. So I think it was Steve Cooper's kind of chance to say, yeah, we, we've got to change something. So it, it's sort of worked, I would say. I think it's definitely changed the style of play a little bit. But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with that in mind, are you expecting any tactical surprises versus Reading or will, will it be back to that 3-5-2? I think he'll continue four at the back. I think he's he's trying some different options in midfield and whatever, but yeah, I, th- I think it'll be four. I think it'll be four. Yeah, so I mean, talk us through your your three or four at the back as as it has been recently. Like uh, we we've mentioned that they've been the kind of foundation that you built upon. Um, mm-hmm. I like the the name that stuck out to me when we played you guys last time. Uh, or well, not the name, but the player who stood out to me was. Uh, I'm going to try and pronounce his name now. Uh, Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's better than some of the commentators, to be fair. I think it's, we think it's pronounced Gerhi. Gerhi. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I should have looked that up before saying, but. Uh, One just... of the commentators calls him Gooey, so uh, I think anything goes at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should hear Reading's commentators with, I mean, basically anyone's name. It, it's not always accurate. They should probably check really before, shouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's weird because Reading's guys said that they checked about Michael Elise's name, um, but then he pronounces it differently when he said it, it like at the beginning of the show. Um, let's let's not get into BBC Reading's yeah. watch here. That could that could take you know a while. <laughs> but yeah, so your your guys' defence, um, talk us through them. Like, what makes it so good? Mm, so obviously. We lost Joe Rodon in the summer and a couple of others. So I think everyone kind of thought, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Um, and we recruited Ryan Bennett, who has been amazing, very experienced player. Um, and he is sort of one of those like solid centre-backs, like heads all the balls out. You can see him shouting at everyone. Like he kind of commands that that area. And I think he, he's been so good. I think when we've played without him, all of a sudden you think, oh my God, we look really exposed at the back. But I think he sort of adds that sort of security when he's playing. And I think what we noticed is when he's playing, the midfield can push a bit further up. They obviously feel a bit more comfortable, maybe. I don't know. Um, 
and then we've obviously got we have a few options which is great there was actually one time where we played our three youngest ones and their average age like all of them together their ages was like 61 really really young sort of some from the academy we've got um Latibodia from Man City and all that kind of stuff but yeah so we've also got Kyle Norton who's been around for quite a long time he's also very experienced great um and then we have the likes of like you say Mark Gehe who's I mean he is a superstar <laughs> he's so good I, I said this on the last um video I did uh, I did and go and check out his highlights on YouTube you'll be like He's totally insane. Yeah, I think he almost scored against us last time, but thankfully blasted it just over the bar. Which... Yeah, he, he sometimes he's kind of dribbling the ball up to the box. He's that sort of um, that sort of player, very sort of attacking minded. So now he's a he's honestly so good, but he's on on loan from Chelsea. So um, I imagine he'll go back. So, yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Um... I mean, much has been made of the fact that you've got Steve Cooper as a manager who's obviously mm. been been with those kind of youngsters for a, a while back in his England days. Um, <laughs> they love to say that on TV. <laughs> they do, don't they? But is, is that one of the kind of... Uh, is, is that a big part of it? Like, do, do people around the club talk about that? Or is it just, you know, Sky having to set up no, a storyline? I think the sort of ethos is working with young talent. Like he's he's obviously like last season when he, he pulled Brewster in, like that was a someone he'd worked with before in that exact team. Same with Gare, he like that he's obviously worked with these players and they're obviously attracted to working with him. They you know, it kind of is a bit of a pull. And he's obviously we've got someone like Cabango who's come through the Swans Academy and he's like given him a chance this season. He started a lot. He's obviously keen to sort of build teams up from the academy level and up, which I think for a team like Swansea at the moment, you know, money-wise, like that's what you've got to do. So I think for Swansea, he's the right guy for the job in that in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. One of Reading's problems at the minute is um, that we kind of bring players through, but then are hesitant to sell them and and kind of recoup that money. Is is that a problem Swansea have, or are you guys a, a bit better with that? Oh, I, I'm not so good with all of this sort of stuff, but. I think a bit of a mixture, like we have a few with the transfers, like there's always a slight problem. Like when we sold Joe Rodon, like I think he only went for like, I say only like obviously 14 million is a lot of money. But I think a lot of people were sort of like, that is an absolute steal considering he's pretty much starting for them now. You know, people were upset. It's like we could have done some serious business there and had more to play with this season, particularly if we don't go up our parachute payments stop as well, things like that. So we hope, you know, selling him, selling the likes of him, and you hope that there's some money in the bank for, for when we need it. I mean, I think all Reading fans would probably take 14 million for anyone in our yeah. squad. I don't think it would matter who it is. <laughs> um, so you talk about going up. I, I guess the big question is, do you think you, you will? Uh, how how do you think you're going to do in the playoffs? Uh, I mean, we are jumping the guy a little bit, but we're we're assuming you're safe in there now. We're assuming. I think I think the stats are that we need one more point. So yeah. if we were to draw or or win at the weekend, I think that would be like right, relax. You know, you got the playoff place, just sort of um, whatever. But uh, I think I said I said about six months ago, if we don't get second, we're not going up. I think, um, and that was at the time where second was kind of like we could do it like you know it was always a bit of an anomaly but at the time I can't think that Watford were that much of a threat at the time I, I look back and I think I don't think they were the it was Brentford we were worried about 
more than Watford. So they've obviously they've done amazingly well. Um, but I've, I, I've said, I'd, particularly after those four losses, I think the confidence, you can see it when they play. I, I just think it's gone. And I mean, unless they're just sort of wavering a bit and they might just show up at the playoffs. But I mean, I don't think you can call it, can you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do have Reading who are not in the best of form, then, then Derby who, you know, likewise right down the bottom. Yeah. And then and then you've got Watford on the final day. I mean, no. that that could kickstart something though, right? Like you could end up going definitely. going into the playoffs on the back of three wins, and all of a sudden yeah. things look a lot rosier. Oh, definitely. I think well, we had these the four losses, and then we had two games where it was magic, like magic happened, and we were like, second is on. We were all like, this is it. Forms back. Literally two games. Next game, lost. You just think just keep some consistency and we definitely you know it would be much more easy to see us going up but I don't know I I want to say like oh yeah it'll be fine but it, I think it, dep- it depends on the running I think but like you say a couple of wins into the lead up to it it could be that could change everything yeah so let's turn our attention to the the game on Sunday uh live on Sky Sports once again because you're against Reading who just have their own Sky Sports channel at this point. Um, how, how do you see it going? Um, do, do you think you're going to win? Do you think it's going to be a tight match? Um, it's, it's one of those. At this point, we have sort of like two different Swansea teams and it depends which one turns up, to be honest. Um, if if the, the Super Swans turn up, um, we're in for a good game and, you know, hopefully we take away a win. But after the last performance, I just think, I don't know if their confidence is going to be a bit shot, but... Um, if it, typical Swansea would be like a conceding a goal in the 92nd minute, um, it could be one of those, but hope, hopefully it'll be a fun game. Hopefully some goals. We haven't seen many goals recently. I don't know about you, but, um, a couple of goals would definitely be nice to see. Yeah. I mean, I think by the sounds of it, this could be a truly dreadful game with, <laughs> with, with Reading looking completely bereft of ideas like in the last couple of games and yeah. Swansea, you know as you say it completely depends on which, which one turns up I guess it could be a shocker for sure yeah I think that like we were on tv last week as well against Cardiff and that that game just wasn't wasn't great uh so you the thing when you're on tv you play badly like us yeah I think yeah. so like, <laughs> like I can't remember if it was our first losses this season or whenever it was, but back early in the season when we were playing Coventry on TV, like someone we should really be beating, and and Raphael in goal had the worst game I've ever seen him have, and we lost three two. So that that just kind of sums it up, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think I think our last game, I looked at the highlights the other day just to sort of like see what was coming, and both of our goalkeepers had a really good game. I don't. Yeah. Know if you- like there was some serious save. I think it was nil nil. Was it nil nil in the end? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think both the goalkeepers had a lot to say in that game, but lots of scoring opportunities, just lots of good saves as well. I think. Yeah, I think uh, Reading were on a bit of an injury, or oh, had a bit of an injury crisis at that yeah. point. So we were very much, if I remember right, just basically eleven men behind the ball and try and nick something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I distinctly remember uh, Tom McIntyre having our best chances, like our centre back. From, yeah. from corners and, <laughs> yeah he, he is unfortunately injured at the minute so that won't be happening oh. and, uh, Morrison our other decent centre-back from corners uh also injured so really yeah 
I mean, I'm sure we'll find something. Maybe George Pushkas will finally kick into gear this season oh, and, cool. and, and bag a couple. You just don't know, do you, in the championship? Like, literally anything can happen on any day. Like, we talking about, like, you lose, we like lost to Derby. And I'm just looking at the Derby game thinking, we're going to lose it. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure you'll be fine. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Dar- Derby had that the kind of new manager bounced in there and then yeah, did, uh, faded away a little bit. Yeah, um, sure. Anyway, I should probably uh, wrap this up a little bit, but. Um, Final question uh, is your score prediction, and and yeah, what 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 do you think is going to be the outcome at the? Um, I'm going to be optimistic because I think you have to be, uh, and I'm going to say a two-one win to the Swans with a a, la- a like a late end game, late end goal from um, a substitute. That's what I'm going for. Nice. I I, I uh, recorded with Matt um earlier for the the early bit of this podcast i can't remember what i said I, i'm gonna go with a, a one nil loss um, that is, that's just the kind of run we're on at the minute so we don't score many goals so i don't think it's going to be a, a sort of four nil job or anything if it is i think it will be one of those sort of one goal sort of uh battles but we'll have to have to wait and see see what happens <laughs> i mean if it's a four nil loss i think i might be crying so <laughs> i mean vice versa that would be a very bad day for all for all involved yeah, well, uh, thank you very much, Amy. Um, you can, as I said earlier, you can find her on Amy Clement 94, Jack Amy, which is, you know, very, very good. That was a, if we win this match, I'll change my Twitter handle. And I, we, we, <laughs> we were going to win. I think it was against Norwich. I think there was just no chance. And there you go. So that's the Twitter handle. <laughs> well, the, the, the making of an icon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much. Um, Everybody uh, should still join Paul uh, with the watch along, even if, uh, you know, you've given up on the season. But there, there's still three more matches. It'll be fine. We'll, you know, got to get some points on the board ahead of next season. Definitely. Anyway, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Amy. And Thanks. goodbye Thanks. to everyone else.